Well, welcome to Below the Waterline from the Iceberg. And today I'm joined by Greg Talley of Talley Management Group, but he really is uh, something of a, an omnipresent um, individual uh, representing industry interests all over the world. Greg, I think of you as our man in Africa because I, I keep bumping into you there. What are you up to? I've had the good fortune of traveling to Africa for the last uh, 15, 16 years and then started doing business in Africa now I'm going to say four years ago where we helped launch the African Society of Association Executives, a nonprofit professional society headquartered in Africa, created by association executives in Africa for the education, professional development, and network creation for association executives also in Africa. So a very exciting um, opportunity to bring and create the community in Africa. They're there, they're working in associations and doing association management, but didn't realize they're part of a global community or that there were necessarily best standards, practices that they could plug into and learn from. So it's been an amazing journey. I'm joined then with um, AFSAE, the African Society of Association Executives, association development workshops across the continent, and just recently launched um, the first African Association Summit. Um, in Nairobi with over 85 association leaders that paid their own way and saw the benefit of coming for their own professional development and to create their own professional networks. Incredibly exciting. Wow. And then out of that and kind of we realized there was, if that's a professional society where you go for education, networking, and training, but if you still want to hire someone to professionally assist you in some aspect of association management, might be strategy, might be board development, might be program review, there was a need for an association management company. And we launched one a year ago um, based in Nairobi and announcing the managing director just this next week um, with full-time staff um, now in Nairobi doing association management for African nonprofits. Oh, wow. Uh, why is it important that you are supporting capacity building in Africa. And let me, let me preempt that slightly by a book I read recently called Prisoners of Geography mm. by a, a great writer called Tim Marshall. And, and he wrote a fairly grim forecast for the continent, if I'm brutally honest. Mm. He felt very much that it was falling into the hands of the Chinese. Yep. Um, so why is it important that the, the intellectual capital, the knowledge yeah. base, the transfer of knowledge and the professional development is so important to Africa? Well, first of all, I do think that's a risk. Um, but having spent now a fair amount of time on the continent, I see the energy, I see the youth, I see the intelligence that's there. So it's a question of how do we fully enable that um, and to your point of build capacity, um, because they're so smart, because you look at any of the numbers of the future of what's happening on the African continent, the future is going to be there. It's the youngest continent on the earth in the next 10 to 20 years is going to be, I think it's um, 1.2 billion people. So it's fast growing. Uh, you look at economic development trends right now, growing at a higher rate than almost anywhere else in the world, and they see that continuing, a growing middle class. So all the indicators are, with that sort of growth, an opportunity for associations to grow, and that means assisting with capacity building, especially in those areas of the economic clusters that are going to be key to Africa's future growth. And that's starting the shift from kind of the um, mining, the extraction industries, the agriculture industries to joining the knowledge economy, joining the creative economy, 
and they're there. Those kids are there and they're ready to go. And so then it, it's fun to see that energy and that kind of willingness to think differently and the unique opportunity in Africa is to leapfrog again. What they've done in telecommunications, what they've done in, in banking and money exchange, they have leapfrogged the West. And I think that same opportunity exists for them in almost every other area and that's what's so exciting. If I was to um, think of Africa as a place to take a business event as a corporate investor, why would I do that? Is there, is there the knowledge base there to actually support you know, investments in infrastructure or indeed to the relocation of, of, a, of a corporation's interests into Africa. Well, that's actually what intrigued me was watching and looking at where was corporate, the corporate world investing right now. And it's investing south in the southern hemisphere and particularly in Africa. They're seeing these same trends. They're seeing the growth of the consumer society happening in Africa with more money in everybody's hands. So that kind of was the first indicator to me that that means they're seeing an increasing middle class with money to spend. That means with that economic growth and development, the opportunity for more associations as more professionals step into the professional fields and the new fields being created in Africa, then how can we formulate the associations or assist the associations that are already there, function better, and really step into the world in whatever industry they're in or profession they're, they're representing. That's where the biggest opportunity lies for now African associations to develop on their own and enter the world association market, if you will, on equal footing. What about talent acquisition? Because the, the interesting thing for me is that we're here actually in, in Houston, in North America, and they've got real challenges right across the U.S. at the moment in terms of uh, sh uh, skill shortages. You know, they're importing skills. I was I was interviewing uh, the head of the uh, crash units at um, Guy's and St Thomas's Hospital in London. The NHS is hemorrhaging. The outflow of talent is scary. Um, so, having created the talent, because you're working with associations, you're you know from a, a lifelong learning perspective, but you're also presumably working with um, at the academic institutions. Um, and how do you then retain the talent? This, you know, this, this is a whole new ballgame. Yeah, it's probably the second biggest risk for Africa is they're generating these kids right now that are smart, they're intelligent, they're energized, and there's not enough happening in an equitable way in Africa for them to stay and be successful. And that's a huge risk, right? If that, if that brain drain happens, we're in trouble or Africa's in trouble. So I think part of this is showing the youth that there's a, a, they can stay put and help the development. And whether that's going to come through entrepreneurism or whether that's going to come through association development and association outreach, again, in those key market segments, I think we've got a story to tell and the value to stay. Um, but then you run smack up against politics and smack up against kids looking at this and saying, is it going to change fast enough for me to be a professional and provide for a family and grow on the continent. And that is, I would say, at a tipping point. And I'm hoping it tips to remain, but that requires some of these other things to happen fast enough yeah. that people say it's worth it to stay and invest and build a family here rather than overseas. If you, if you said to me about, I've got a 26-year-old daughter. Um, she's a, a postgrad in, in architecture, um, very talented. There's no way she's going to be able to afford to live in London. Mm. Um, right. So in actual fact, 
could Africa put itself on the map as an opportunity for an inflow of talent rather than concerning itself too much with the outflow of talent, given the cost of housing and the opportunity? Yeah, so I think that's where it's interesting to now follow the investment trends. And if the corporate world is investing there, that should start to indicate a flow of, obviously with the money, a flow of opportunity. Right. And that could be both outside coming in, but also anybody coming in is going to want to use and find good local talent, and I know it's there. Is this an opportunity for our industry to start thinking about staging events for the attraction of talent, for the attraction of investment, for the attraction of knowledge, working closely with associations, but economic development agencies and government, so that actually there is a concerted effort to drive the the uh, ingredients of that knowledge and corporate economy going forwards in Africa? I almost think it's an obligation out of sheer fairness. Um, when you look right now at the global international event marketplace, and uh, Africa is currently only getting 3% of the global rotating association meetings, and you start saying, A, that's appalling, um, B, that's a huge opportunity, um, and, and C, it's the right thing to do. Um, because of those growth trends, because of the human trends and what Africa represents, I almost can't imagine any international association saying no. And I'd really want to have that conversation. Why not? Mm. Um, because we know there's infrastructure there existing for yep. great events. Um, and it's so dynamic that I can't imagine an industry that wouldn't want to put literally their feet on the ground in Africa to understand that and what it represents for their industry on the continent. Absolutely. And we've got a, a, a staging post for this uh, coming up at Meetings Africa in February. Exactly right. 2020. Uh, you get involved very heavily there with uh, an association day that you work with ICA to deliver. We've been doing education content uh, down there now for probably the last five years uh, in conjunction with South African National Convention Bureau, ICA, AFSAE, um, and other organizations to just do some of that capacity building, either with hosted buyers from, Afri from across Africa coming in, or, or frankly, the um, supplier community to help them understand the global standards of business events across Africa. And our challenge, as you know, is right now there are really only two working national convention bureaus in the way we're used to national convention bureaus across Europe or many other places of the world. South Africa and Rwanda are the only two. Right. They are both interested in helping develop more because the more options we have in Africa, the more opportunity there is to bring international groups, corporate events, what have you, onto the continent. So really that's an exciting new space to kind of help governments understand the value of the business events and their association community, what those linkages are, and how they can be tied to uh, economic development. Their key sectors, every single country has a plan, Vision 2030, Plan 2050, that where they've identified those sectors, but they haven't made the linkage between those key sectors and their knowledge economy, business events, and associations. And so we're looking to see how can we help them connect those dots yep. to then start to invest more in the, their own association communities and their own business events infrastructure. And do you think governments get it? No, they don't. Right. No, they absolutely so there, do there's not. There's a piece of work to be yeah, done there. There's some work to be done there. Um, and part of the challenge is, if you look historically, they're so focused on leisure. And that's where all their money, all their marketing, everything has gone. 
and trying to get them to step back, understand the distinction, and then start thinking differently. Um, and we're having some success. There's probably now about five or six countries more actively talking about um, creating bureaus. Kenya, uh, Ethiopia, Ghana, Togo, um, so they would be the first in Western Africa. It's kind of exciting. Kenya, I mean, here's a country independent since, since the 60s, doesn't have one, and clearly is one of the biggest economies in Africa, should. So uh, they're in the baby steps of, of opening a new bureau. So Ethiopia? they're starting to get it. Ethiopia's Ethiopia. exciting place. Very exciting. Very exciting. And all the same issues um, in terms of the pop size of the population, the opportunity. Now p politics is a little more in alignment with a new prime minister, very future-focused. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a big opportunity area. Is there a role here for um, the World Bank and maybe OECD to accelerate that pathway to having the capacity to compete for business events? Uh, absolutely. I actually think the bigger target would be the African Development Bank. Right. Um, because that's the kind of homegrown um, entity that I think is in a better position um, with, in partnership with those other organizations. But again, I'm, I'm about capacity building of African organizations. Yeah. And then if we have good partnership with these kind of non-African, I think we can have a better result rather than just non-African coming in and, and distributing money. I'd rather see uh, qualified local partners be able to work and deliver on the outcomes effectively, which also means there's why we need the capacity building of civil society. Fire, fire. Now, uh, you're not going anywhere until you've told us a little bit about yourself, and also I want you to finish off by telling me your favorite music track. We always like a bit of culture to finish off here. Yeah? So let me see. I've been in association management and destination management in some form or another and managing business events for 35 years um, based in the U.S., and um, it's been an amazing, amazing career. And now getting to do this really interesting work in Africa is uh, kind of a dream come true of how am I kind of putting together my professional experience with, frankly, my personal life. I have personal um, friends and family in Africa, and to be able to assist that is just pretty much perfect capstone to my So when you're watching the African sun set mm. of an evening mm. with your glass of wine mm. to one hand and your friends and family around you, yeah. what's the music we're going to be listening to? Well, there's a lot going on. Just the whole uh, genre of Afro-pop right now is pretty exciting, and watching the kids dance and groove to Afro-pop um, is, is just great, and there's a whole list of... of exciting figures coming out, mostly of West, West Africa, um, with Afropop that's just amazing. When I'm back here, I tend to listen more to soul and R&B. Um, Brian Owens, um, so high, pretty amazing singer. Uh, would recommend that to your listeners. He's a great guy. <laughs> great, thanks so much. Thank you, James. <laughs>